From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. During that time, my true purpose was defined, which is to help people, to help protect their reputation, to help protect their data. Because we have, you know, in this nefarious world that we live in, any number of given threats coming our way 24-7. And there's a lot of people that don't understand cybersecurity, and that's incredibly important. So, you know, defining that purpose and having that purpose, everything else fell into place once I defined that. Today on episode 77 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Tom Kowalski. Tom used his 20-plus year career in public relations, media risk, and cybersecurity to launch his own digital security and reputation advisory firm. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Tom Kowalski. Tom is the founder and CEO of Rep. Tom protects and preserves clients' assets and reputation through managing their digital risk. Rep is a digital security and reputation advisory firm specializing in managing risk. Rep builds and implements cyber protection programs from individuals to small and medium-sized businesses. For nearly 20 years, Tom has had a career in public relations, media risk, and cybersecurity. In 2019, his company downsized and eliminated most of the U.S. operations. This paved the way for Tom to become an entrepreneur. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. It's nice to be here. Tom, how much of a clue did you have that your job was going to be eliminated? Well, so, you know, the writing is always on the wall, right, as they say. And, you know, part of what I'd like to say is for anybody that has, you know, the signs either financially or maybe clients aren't coming in the way they used to, or maybe there's some executive moves going on internally, is to be proactive with their approach. So I sort of, you know, figured this out about six months prior to that. And at that time, I had dinner with a friend in cybersecurity and we started talking and I went home and did my research and enrolled uh, and make that sound very easy, which is a process obviously, but enrolled at uh, Georgetown University, got my cybersecurity certification. It was time for a career change. You know, it's interesting. Many people do what you've done, which is they pay attention to what's going on. They kind of read the tea leaves and also I think it's really important to always have a plan B, whether you suspect something's going to happen or not, because if you, it's kind of like with a, with a fire drill, like if you, if you practice what you need to do, if there's a fire, that means if a fire actually happens, you don't have to think about it. You just know what to do. And the other thing is, I find that it gives you a lot more strength to deal with the circumstances of plan A, you know, for example, if you need to negotiate something with your employer, you're in a much better frame of mind to do so if you know that you have an alternative. That's right. And, you know, we don't look, we don't plan on being laid off or being let go, but this happens all the time, right? So I have a friend who is an employment attorney and he talks about this all the time. Look, you need to be prepared. You need to have that relationship ready to go and a plan in place for when that time happens. And more often than not, he deals with clients that 
you know, come to him after the fact. Well, I deal with that in my business as well, right? People don't think of cybersecurity. All right, they, they understand it. They understand what goes on in the news, but they don't think about it until it's too late. So the same approach, right? Being proactive, having that plan in place, the proper protections and the relationships when something does occur, but paying attention to the tea leaves, as you said, the writing on the wall, to making sure that that doesn't happen and perhaps avoiding that unintended consequence. Yeah, absolutely. So Tom, so in your case, since you did have a plan in place, walk me through what happened when you actually were notified that your job was going to be ending and what you did. Sure. So it's, you know, my initial plan was, you know, I went to school, I obtained my certification. So I'd been planning to make a career change about six months prior. And though I obtained my certification in January 2019, I was finished with school. You know, you, you're never really prepared. You know, it might be coming, but, you know, when that day comes, it's, it's a reality, right? And then there is the period of time that you need to essentially grieve or to take that holiday and that time off because you're afforded that opportunity before you dive right in. And with the networking conversations that I had in order to, you know, make this career change happen, I've had so many doors slam in my face. And, you know, even though the cybersecurity industry has a 0% unemployment rate, which is kind of nice to have during this pandemic, but, you know, there are a lot of unqualified resources. But the reason every door is slammed in my face was because I didn't have that technical expertise. And, you know, at that time, just nearly two years ago at this point, you know, cybersecurity was the conversations were being had that cybersecurity is a business issue rather than a technical issue. But most leaders in the industry were slow to sort of adopt that mindset. And they would look at my resume and say, nope, you're not qualified. And so the more conversations that I had reaching out to my network, and I found myself speaking with CEOs, executives in the industry, and they would listen to me. We'd have informational interviews and conversations. And I was being pushed in an entrepreneurial direction. Every conversation I had and the more ideas I came up and the more challenges I identified within the cybersecurity industry, you know, the further I thought about, okay, well, taking that 10-year goal of going into consulting and having my own business became, started to become a reality because you speak with these people and they're like, we really like your approach. We really like your thinking. And you come from an interesting background, which is PR. I mean, it's kind of, I wouldn't say a foreign concept in IT, but you know, it, PR is a reputational issue. If you have a breach, you have a reputational issue. And those two things aren't commonly connected. And that's where I identified that challenge and the gap and structured my business and put those two things together. You know, it's fascinating. Two things are fascinating to me. One is the fact that you you learned a lot by doing this market research, which really informed you as to what steps were probably the best ones to take. The, the second thing is what you learned about the combination of PR and cybersecurity, I think is actually quite brilliant because to me, when I hear about cybersecurity and particularly when I hear about breaches, the first thing that goes off in my head is, well, does the, the company that experienced a breach have a plan, and a communication plan in place for how they're going to 
communicate what happened and what they're doing about it to all of their stakeholders. And when I've seen companies have problems around breaches, it usually has to do with their PR response. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, intersecting those both worlds, you know, there's a a common uh, problem, right? And, you know, coming from the world of marketing communications and then going into the world of IT, I've always dabbled in the world of IT in every company that I've worked at. I've always, you know, made friends with the IT folks and, you know, had my hands on, on projects that they're working on. So I had good relationships with that division, but there was a common challenge and that's with any enterprise, right? And there's a wall between marketing communications and IT. And the reason is, is, you know, look, marketing folks use flowery language to sell their products or explain their products or put a spin on a situation. In the IT world, it's very black and white. And so those two things don't mix very well. But what I've done, and this is how I've structured my business, because taking it down to the individual level, even though I do specialize and service the enterprise and small, medium-sized business context, I really, one of the challenges that I identified was the lack of cybersecurity advisory and products for the individual. Yes, we have you know, consumer products, antivirus. But, you know, when we read the news and we look at, you know, this past week, we have, you know, the Russian attacks with U.S. uh, government agencies. What the news is not describing is how it happens, the why, how to protect yourself, how to bring that all together. And people aren't able to put that all together. You have to translate that common language. And that's really what I've done throughout my entire career, working with IT folks and then you know, obviously in public relations is, you know, leveling that playing field and being a translator with those, you know, to a common language between not only internal departments, but to clients. And so that's how I structured my business because, you know, often I say the word cybersecurity, right? And someone will get lost in a Star Wars kind of world, but I don't want them to get lost. So I got to reel them back in and I have to translate this very complex language into something that they understand. And so I use words, you know, language we say all the time is very uh, important, right? And that's important in cybersecurity because using the words digital protection, online privacy, online safety is incredibly important. When you go on my website, I ask one question and we, we ask, do you sleep with your front door open? Well, the answer is no, right? Then why would you sleep with your digital door open? And that paints a picture in somebody's mind on okay, now I understand what he's talking about. But if I say the world cybersecurity, it's like, you know, they kind of get lost. So you have to reel them in and apply this to their unique situation and activities. And I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. So what what are some of the things that you believe people should do so that they're better protected? So I say this all the time, and you can have the world's fanciest cybersecurity system you know, hundreds of thousands or even thousands of dollars of technology. But if you don't know and aren't aware of, say, what a phishing link is or how to protect yourself and how that intersects with the physical world or your real life activities, then it's all for nothing, right? Because if that phishing link slips in, I mean, technology is great, but it's not 100% risk proof. And if that phishing link happens to slip in through a social media or, you know, a photo, a text, and you click on it, then what happens, right? It's all for nothing. But if you can 
remain aware and educated on your personal risks in your activities, your business, and understand what a phishing link, for using that as an example again, looks like, you're less likely to click on it. And so I say awareness is the solid foundation to any cybersecurity framework. Yeah, so what you're pointing to actually is the, the weakness of human behavior when it comes to technology. That's absolutely right. Over 95% of breaches are caused by human behavior. And so if we can change that behavior and modify that behavior, it works towards a more cyber resilient ecospace that we work and live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's a common phishing link that people often fall prey to? So it's not, well, so there's two different types of phishing links, right? There's what's called spear phishing. And that what that means is that you as an individual are targeted by an adversary. But then there's the sort of generalized phishing link, and this is more common. And what that means is a criminal organization or individual may send hundreds of thousands of emails, texts, or even malicious links through the internet and hoping that many individuals click on it. And that's the most common uh, way to fish. Right. And so like an email that looks like it's from somebody you know that has a, a link in it that looks like the kind of link you would normally get. And if you click on it, it does something nefarious. That's correct. It could be could bring you to a malicious website. It could prompt you to inadvertently download malware onto your device. There's many different ways, uh, you know, that, that that phishing link could result in a in a less than conducive um, situation. Right. Fascinating. Tom, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was taking time to grieve when you're making a transition from employment to entrepreneurship, particularly if your job has been eliminated. What did that mean in your case? Sure. So it's, you know, if I had to give advice and, and look back, I'm not a huge fan of looking back, but if I had to give advice for those, you know, not, not making those same mistakes is being kind to yourself. Always remembering that health is number one. And if you're not in a good space mentally or physically, you cannot run your business or function, even if you're in a corporate environment, right? And, you know, we are now just starting to talk about mental health issues in 2020, right? Or, or you know, the global pandemic was the catalyst for this. But these issues have persisted since the beginning of time. So being able to say is I'm not okay is okay. And, you know, we, we need to be able to reach out to people, but there's a lot of shame in that. And we need to stop shaming people for that because how are they supposed to feel comfortable for reaching out? You know, I, I apply that same approach to cybersecurity because we too have a problem within the industry of shaming people. Well, you know, the common thing for a lot of cyber people, and I even heard this on networking calls is, you're an idiot. You clicked on that link. And I'm like, those words would never come out of my mouth because how am I supposed to work with clients and help them if they have heard me call them an idiot? I mean, that's not helpful, right? How is that supposed to make you feel? It's not helpful at all. So, you know, the same thing is, is understanding and embracing that when you're not okay, like reach out, reach out to your network, reach out to your friends, seek therapy, get an executive coach. Look, I have an executive coach and you know, she's like family. It's extremely helpful now more than ever because I don't have a team anymore. You know, these these people 
that are my trusted advisors are my team members. And frankly, they're like family. So I think it's, it's making that time to relax and refresh yourself because even more important now as an entrepreneur and sort of embracing that 24 seven mindset, I am my business. I have to relax too. I have to refresh myself because being overworked, that's not productive. Right. Which also means it's okay to ask for help and you should ask for help. That's right. And, and again, having those right advisors on your team is incredibly important. I can't stress enough, you know, if you're going into entrepreneurship, it's not for everybody, right? But I think the n- number one thing is a fear. And that's a common, you know, reason why people don't go into entrepreneurship. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to take that leap. Well, I was in a position, I said, well, I have nothing to lose. You know, why not start this now? Well, I'm also interviewing for a role. But as I said before, the conversations always evolve towards entrepreneurship. It was, you know, I could be talking to a hiring manager and it just, part of me wasn't invested to go back into corporate, but then I would be having informational interviews with executives and CEOs who would be pushing me in the entrepreneur direction. And I'm like, you know what? That's the direction I'm moving. And then I just started creating and I haven't stopped. But I would say during that time, my true purpose was defined, which is to help people, to help protect their reputation, to help protect their data. Because we have, you know, in this nefarious world that we live in, any number of given threats coming our way 24-7. And there's a lot of people that don't understand cybersecurity. And that's incredibly important. So, you know, defining that purpose and having that purpose, really everything else fell into place once I defined that. Mm. And I, I love the way you describe how you listened to what people around you were saying that helped you really become clear about your true purpose. That's right. And, you know, I think listening is the most important thing that anybody can do. And we don't do enough of that, right? We, we speak before our thoughts are formulated, before we've taken a step back and actually thought about what we're going to say. So listening is an incredible, important thing to embrace. And it's just, and you said it before, doing the proper market research, listening to conversations, having conversations from the C-suite all the way to the individual level and understanding what the challenges are. There's many challenges out there and understanding listens to people's stories. You know, I hear stories all the time and you wouldn't believe the crazy stories that I deal with on, on clients, you know, but, but listening to their stories and understanding, because I think, you know, I see myself and this is the fun part about what I do. I love what I do, but I see myself as a special investigator who goes to work every day to solve mysteries. I solve mysteries for my clients and they range from, you know, social engineering attacks to reputational harm, to extortion, all the, you know, it runs across the gamut, but I love what I do. I love digging, rolling my hands up, getting my sleeves, rolling my sleeves up, getting my hands dirty and solving these mysteries. At the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's fun. may not be fun for the client, but I enjoy what I do. Right. And I also would imagine that when you solve the kind of problem you deal with, it is very rewarding to see the recognition on your clients' faces when this mystery gets solved. That's right. I'm dealing with, you know, a particular case right now where uh, my client's uh, daughter 
was disparaged online. And I won't talk too much about it, although I am able to speak on this. But at the end of the day, he's happy that someone is on this case and helping him out. And it's very rewarding for me to to have a smile on his face at the end of the day, because our laws are not kept up pace with technology. And that's the huge problem we have these days with Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. So when there is a problem, the way these social medias have set up their terms and conditions, they will always side with the user. And there are some nasty cases out there. I mean, a friend of mine, she's working on a rape case with Twitter and Twitter is siding with the rapist. I mean, that's just crazy to me that there are no laws that align with the technology. And so, you know, when you have to hire someone like me to step in and support that and to try to move these things to resolution is incredibly important. But at the end of the day, it's making their client happy because they've put their hands up in the air and they, they don't know what to do because there's no proper channels to solve these mysteries when they have a problem. Yeah. So it's really important to have somebody like you on their side. That's right. Tom, you've now been in business for a couple of years. Where do you see things going? So it's a great question. You know, I, I started this business and I started specializing in high net worth individuals because immediately they have their own unique set of challenges with regards to cybersecurity and reputation. But I mentioned this before, cyber the cybersecurity sector has a few issues. So aside from being you know, finding qualified individuals who understand IT security and a 0% unemployment rate, although that's not necessarily an issue in 2020, right? We focus a lot on the enterprise. And those, again, high net worth individuals or high profile individuals who can afford such services, right? But, you know, going back to what you said before, performing that due diligence and research and having those conversations, there are so many people on the individual level that walk this earth that have the same set of problems. And that's really where I spent time this past year creating something for everybody and at an affordable rate. Because in in a space where there's over 8,000 vendors, right? And the focus has been on the enterprise. How are you or anybody else supposed to put all of that together and figure out what the best solution is? So I said, okay, well, I'm going to create customized packages because the common question when I started this business, how much does this stuff cost? I said, well, I have to put it together. You know, it's customized. You know, people don't want to hear all that. I mean, they're interested, but, you know, they're they're less interested in all the minutiae. They want to know what do I get and how much does it cost? And so I listened to that and put together protection packages. And I worked with, uh, you know, negotiated strategic partnerships and put together best in class services and recommendations all the way from an essentials package to sort of, I call it the prestige package, and then of course the customized services. So putting that all together at an affordable cost for the average individual. Uh, That's great. So how can people learn more about these packages and uh, what it is you offer? Sure. So listeners can learn more about me by going to my website, securemyrep.com. They can also check out my blog, Rep Intel, and that includes, you know, insights and the latest news in cybersecurity and risk. And then I'm very active on LinkedIn and my new Instagram, which is going to have more content coming. 
is at secure my rep on instagram sounds great well tom i want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your journey um, talk about the mysteries you solve when it comes to digital security and reputation my guest today has been the ceo of rep tom kowalski thank you again tom for joining us david thank you so much when you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how you can build your consulting business using your unique experiences as an employee. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.